0: And I want to talk a little bit about freedom today, too, in the context of our sermon series. So if you will, turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus 14. Exodus 14. I'm going to read one verse to you. If you ever get an opportunity to talk to Pastor Rick, don't tell him I did that. Now, Pastor Rick is always in context, but we've been in contact for about seven or eight weeks, so we're good. Amen. Exodus 14, verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel, go forward. Everybody say, move forward. forward. Father, bless the reading of the word to the hearing of our ear and the receiving of our heart in Jesus' name. And everyone said? I want to make a statement right off the bat. I want it to be a statement that sets into your spirit and into your soul. Especially in the context of this weekend and what we're celebrating and in the context of what God has been speaking to us. I started this sermon series basically out of a private devotion that I was doing over some things that I'm wrestling with God over in my own life. And I need you to grab that because I I, I see devotions as something more than I, I check off the list. I am interested in wrestling something out with the Lord. I want God to speak to me and take me to a new uh, revelation of who He is, uh, reveal to me where my heart is changing, what He's working on me in my devotional time. And so more than a devotional book, I I press into where I'm at, what's going on, and I I, I dig into those things. And this all started just specifically me wrestling over some things with my wife's health uh, and, and some of that things. Just, God, what are we doing here? Amen? You ever just ask God, what are we doing? Yeah. Come on, you ever just been right there like, what are we doing, God? Yeah. My, my wife did not realize that I was home one afternoon, uh, and, and I was in the garage. I hadn't come in and said, hey, sweetheart, I'm home. I, I just went right into the garage, and I, I tackled something that I was going to do real quick. And, and, and my wife walked out, and to her surprise, I was standing there, and stuff was everywhere. And my wife didn't say, hi, you're home, honey. I'm glad to see you. Oh, I'm excited that you're here. My wife just stood there, and she just looked at me, and she goes, what's happening here? It was hilarious. And I'm like, I'm working Have you ever just walked into? Maybe you've entered something in your life. Maybe you've gone through something. Maybe you're in the middle of something, and and you're just pray. And you're just your prayer feels like this with God. What is happening here? Can I just say this to open up this series this morning? This message. No matter how hard you try, you cannot control what happened in the past. Can I just bless you this morning? Circumstances are almost always out of control. Is it just me? Is it just me? I'm I'm, I'm never wrestling over circumstances under control. I'm never fretting about a circumstance that's under control. I'm I'm never, I'm never worried about a circumstance that's under control. But circumstances are almost always out of control. What is happening here? Come on, church. And sometimes we let our circumstances, both good and bad, both good and bad, hold us back from moving forward where God wants us to go. And so for a while now, God's been pressing me, and I I discovered in this time that God was pressing me to move forward, but I was seeing a situation as something that was holding me back. I was seeing a circumstance that was out of my control as something that was paralyzing us. And there was nothing I could do about it. There was just literally nothing I could do about it. And maybe what happens to me and happens to you in those situations, maybe that's two different things altogether. But everywhere I look, church, everywhere I look, the concept keeps coming up. It doesn't matter how I read the Scripture, how I pray, or how I feel like God speaks to me when I'm just driving down the road, listening to worship music, whatever I'm doing, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit continue to push forward. But it doesn't make sense. Can't go forward, this is stopping me. Can't go forward, this is in the way. It's a stirring in me lately, and I'm going to be honest with you, it, it keeps me going even though it, 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 it keeps me pushing. And I don't believe it's just me. I, I believe that all of us, all of us are in a season and in a time where God is pushing us. And where God is saying, Why are you crying out unto me? Move forward. Why are you still dilly-dallying around with the things in the past? Move forward. Why are you still paralyzed? How many times are we going to talk about this issue? Move forward. I can't move forward, God. Move forward. I can't move forward, God. How many times are we going to have this discussion? Do you understand that God does not feel or... He doesn't feel the need to explain everything to us. My own father, he never felt the need to explain himself. You just did what you were told. If my dad said the moon was made out of blue cheese, even though I knew the moon wasn't made out of blue cheese... He had a reason for telling me that. I learned to trust him. If dad said it, something is coming. Something is set up. Something is ready. Something is there. It's time. The time is now. God wants his people to move forward. God wants his people to move forward. But the trouble for all of us in circumstances is they cause us to doubt what we once were confident about. I'm helping you. One person. Joe, thanks. I'm helping you. The problem with circumstances, regardless of what they are, because they always seem to be out of control, they cause us to doubt what we were once incredibly confident about. I was sure about this. I knew this was happening. And and I could list you out all kinds of searcher, so situations. Health issues cause me, hello, somebody. Relationship issues, money issues. But I, I want to put all those aside. I don't want to deal with one issue that I think wraps them all up, no matter what you're dealing with, what are circumstances, disappointment. When a circumstance is out of control, it's disappointment that I wrestle with the greatest. I am, I'm disappointed in this relationship issue. Maybe I'm disappointed in myself. Maybe I'm disappointed in this other person. Come on, somebody. I'm disappointed that I, I, I thought I had prepared enough for this financial issue. I, I'm disappointed that, man, I thought I was taking care of myself. Hello, somebody. I thought I was eating right. I thought, I thought I, I'm working out. Listen, I am so sore this morning. Doing a fence project at my house. I'm in the gym four days a week. And I'm trying to keep up with Bo McMillan. Good luck. He's strong as a mule. He's got 11 years on me. I'm like 11 years older than him. I'm trying. He's, 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 he's got a bad shoulder. Rip towards the- He's still outlifting me. But then you get sick. And you're like, Lord. Or you do a little project at the house, just a little project, and you're so sore you can't move. And you're like, but I work out. Hello, somebody. I'm disappointed in myself. And somebody says, well, Pastor Don, if you would just do cardio. Listen, it ain't happening. Okay. (laughs) Can I say this? That circumstances are always subject to change. But the call of God doesn't ever change. Somebody, I'm helping somebody. You see, I've been walking through this thing of the posture of two positions over the last uh, uh, few months. And I've tried to express them to you in, in this way that I stopped praying for a miracle and just started pleading for mercy. Like, I, I'm just, God, what, the posture of two positions. There are only two positions in the presence of God. Watch this. One is on my knees begging for mercy, and the other's on my feet saying, here I am, God. Amen. That's it. There's only two positions in God. I'm either on my knees begging for mercy, or I'm standing on my feet saying, God, I'm ready. Let's go. Send me. Don't send somebody else. Lord, I'm your man. The Christian life is really about the posture of two positions, on our knees or on our feet. Come on, church. I'm either holding my peace, trying to get perspective and strength, or I'm going forward at the command of God. Sometimes you got to stand still. Hello, somebody, before you can go forward. That's all right. Sometimes you got to stand still before you can go forward. Hello, somebody. Sometimes you got to get on your knees and you got to pray for a little bit. But let me just tell the church something here this morning. Let me just say this with all the boldness and every bit of pastoral love I have for you. You cannot stay on your knees forever. Sometimes you need to pray as you go. Remember the lepers? Sometimes you got to pray as you go. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta walk and pray instead of kneel and pray. Hello, somebody. So sometimes, see, God's ultimate call to go forward is a movement. Prayer was never meant to be a lone soldier. Prayer's never meant to be the only weapon. You gotta move forward. And I get it, circumstances cause us to lose confidence in what we once believed we had confidence in, and that can paralyze us, and it can set us back, and it can make us go, What's happening here? And yes, in that moment we're standing still and we're praying, but that's never meant to be the permanent posture. So much of the church is just, we're not moving forward. Come on, church. Let's just put ourselves once again in the shoes of Israel right now. Here's where we're at in this, in this story and this thing. They, see, they seem to only have one choice, surrender. And to them, that's a far worse fate than even death. Slavery was better to them than the taxing anxieties of freedom. Freedom. Well, Pastor Don's helping you this morning. Slavery wasn't an issue for them. Not in Exodus 14. It's not. They were free. They were free. The struggle was what were they doing with their freedom? That's the struggle for all of us. Amen. Y'all can help me. I'm gonna preach long or I'm gonna preach loud, but if y'all don't help me, y'all ain't getting to the barbecue. That's the struggle for every person. What are we doing with our freedom? What do we do with our freedom? That's the struggle with America. What are we doing with our freedom? See, most of the time, people who get free, instead of using their freedom, amen, to move forward, they use their freedom to give themselves liberties that just return them back to slavery. Yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What do we do on our freedom? As, a, as an American, what are do we doing on our freedom? Are we just using that as arrogance and boldness? we using that as a light to the world? As an individual who's been set free by the blood of Christ, how are we using that freedom? What are we doing? That is the wrestle right now. Too many people see escape from trouble as freedom. And we think, well, we're free. We escaped trouble. You never understand that freedom calls us forward. Into responsibility. Boy, it's quiet this morning. Everybody stayed up late. Freedom calls us forward into responsibility. Freedom's struggle is actually this escape versus responsibility. Breno said it best in our sermon prep this, this week when we, we were working through some things on Thursday morning. Breno said this, I love it, it was, and I wrote it, I was like, oh, hold that thought, we've got to write this down. He said, a slave doesn't have any responsibility. A slave actually has comfort in allowing the taskmaster to lead the way. A free man has responsibility. In other words, he's got to lead himself. so Moses gives them an alternative that in their mind isn't possible weirdo anybody ever give you advice that in your mind doesn't make no sense what are you talking about weirdo talking about doesn't make no sense Listen, if I'm a slave who doesn't want responsibility, I want to stay where I'm at. And I want to blame others for where I'm at. If I'm a slave who doesn't want responsibility, I'll stay where I'm at. And I don't blame others for where I'm at. Let me case in point, let me prove it to you. I'm going to prove that what Pastor Don just said is truth. What's your attitude towards people who call you forward? What's your attitude towards people who call you out of your paralysis? What's your attitude towards people who look you in the eye and say, You stuck? What's your attitude towards people who look you in the eye and say, that ain't where God wants you. That ain't what God wants you in. Let me tell you what your attitude is. Your attitude is, they're a legalist. They're judging me. They don't really care about me. They ain't there for me. They don't understand what I'm going through. None of that changes the fact that freedom always moves us forward. Do you realize I've been called a legalist? By, by the same people who try to condemn me with the law for my past. Come on. What? No, see, I'm a free man it is his mind, owning his responsibilities. I'm a free man that understands there's some things God don't want me to belong to. There's some things God don't want me to touch. As a free man, there's some things that God said, no, no, I got better for you than that. Don't settle for that. I got something better for you. I'm calling you up. I'm moving you forward. See, as a free man, I want to own better. And that means there's some things I can't embrace. That's not legalism. That's doing something with my Freedom. Freedom always moves us forward. Freedom always moves us forward. Freedom always moves us forward. But there's a paralysis to progress. Can I just say this? This is where I'm at in this portion of Scripture, and I'm loving it. I hope you're not bored with it yet, because uh, as soon as we get done with this, we move into the Jordan. Uh, The Red Sea isn't a record to give us a history of the Hebrews. The Red Sea is where history made a new beginning. Do you you understand? From here on out in the Hebrews' lives, everything had to be reevaluated and measured according to this event. Not the exodus from Egypt. The crossing of the Red Sea. Everything had to be measured by the crossing of the Red Sea. That's where history started for them. That's when history started new for them. That's when they became a new people. God's mighty act and the response of Moses and the Hebrew people anchored faith in God and a new people was born. Mm. What if that's where you and I are at? What if God is is wanting to measure? Come on, church. He's giving us a new point in our life to measure from. See, what we thought was paralyzing us, what we thought was beating us up, what we thought was killing us, what we thought was keeping us from moving forward, God wants us to move forward so he can measure the rest of our life from that event. Standing on this seashore, this impossible barrier, God says move forward. Can I say this? When life demands we move forward and the way in front of us is impossible, that's the place where we learn one of life's toughest lessons. Prayer is essential. Prayer is good. But unless we arise from our knees to obediently follow the Lord, prayer is a farce. I'm going to get some emails. But let me say this to you. How many people send me prayer requests on Tuesday morning when I'm at the prayer meeting while they lay in bed and don't show up? Y'all want to go home now? Pastor Donna pray. I'm going to lay in the bed. Oh, they just sent out the message. Let's send our prayer request. Listen, I don't mind praying for you. Anne, Renee and Eddie told us about some people in Brazil who started this whole thing on prayer, right? And they were saying, hey, we'll pray for you, but you're going to pay us. No, we laugh. Those people began to make money praying for people who refused to pray for themselves. They were so lazy they couldn't show up at a prayer meeting. They would rather give their money to someone else. To this true story? This true story. I'm going to say, put it up there again. Put it up there again. Put it, I'm just going, y'all going to love me because we got to live in heaven forever. <laughs> prayer's essential. Prayer's good. But unless we rise from our knees to obediently follow the Lord, prayer's a farce. I'm I'm just, hello, somebody. Do other people pray for you more than you pray for yourself? The, see, this is a lesson. When we take it a step forward, only as we act in obedience, the power we need to do what God has called us to do, that is when it will be given. Prayer is always the push forward. Yeah. Yes. Pray until something happens. Push. Pray until something, hot push. It's right there. It's right there. God's power is given in proportion to our obedience. Oh, you're a legalist. You're a legalist. You're a legalist. Power's not given ahead of time. It is not given ahead of time. If it was, you use it for your own selfish gain. It's only given as we need it light light's not shine down the road a mile ahead no god shines it one step forward thy word is a light unto my path the next step the next step is lit up that's what god is doing right god doesn't shine a light down a mile of the road he shines it far enough ahead for us to take the next step in faith that god is with us what if moses had not believed what god told him would happen would happen i asking the question. What if God had took Moses? I want you to step up on that rock. I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to split the sea. And Moses was like, whatever. Got to be another way, Lord. That ain't going to happen. How many miracles never happen because there was no one to believe for them? Do you know how many times people ridiculed me for what I've said God has spoken to me? This, God spoke this to me. I, I was praying. I feel God shared this with me. Do you know how many people have laughed, have scoffed? And, 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 and I just wonder how many miracles have never happened because there was no one to believe for them. Even though God had spoken. Can I say this to you, Firm Foundation Ministries? Can I say this to us as a whole? There's no instance in the Bible where God's people are walking with him, seeking his will, where they are told to retreat. Always move forward. Always move forward. There isn't a person alive in this room right now who isn't here because of some miracle. You see, the problem is you weigh your miracles based on somebody else's. Oh, God healed Mr. Jack Smith of cancer. So, you know, my little miracle wasn't nothing. Come on, church. Miracles. See, like we said last week, no one wants to be on the front side of that. No one wants to be on the front side of that miracle. Are oh, you understand? And so if God has moved us all here to this point at this moment, and, and we're all here because some kind of miracle happened in, my, in mine in your life. Listen, uh, so I believe that our way forward is going to be providentially protected by the same God who used miracles to get me where I'm at right now. The fact of the matter is, I could tell you some stories that you won't believe because the math don't add up, but that's why it's called A miracle. It's one thing to stand up and say, I should have been dead. It's another thing to realize you were in that moment when you were like, here I come, Jesus. I remember standing in a grocery store in between a gunman and the man he had just shot. Looking that man eye to eye and him pointing the gun right at my head. And I thought, here I come, Jesus. The gun is still smoking. He just shot the man that I'm standing in between him and I. Hello, somebody. That ain't no miracle. That ain't no miracle. That ain't no miracle. He looked at me and said, I'm going to shoot him again. And he's pointing the gun right at my head. You want me to shoot him again? And I lifted my hands and said, in the name of Jesus, we just want you to leave. And he put that gun in his pocket and drove himself to the sheriff station. And then I remember turning around, grabbing this guy who's on the floor, putting my hands on his wound. We got blood all over both of us. I can't tell which is, hello, somebody meat blood, because I've been a butcher all day, or his blood. And I remember looking that guy in the eye and saying, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And him saying, I do not. And I said, brother, you better because you're about to meet him. Can I pray with you? And he said, yes. And I remember leading that guy to saving grace salvation as he was bleeding out on the floor. And just at the time we said amen, ambulance show. I could tell you some stories. See, y'all don't believe me because it don't add up. Not a person alive in this room that didn't have a miracle story. You hear today because God sovereignly worked. That guy survived his injuries and then went on to travel through elementary school to tell his story and to preach the gospel. I was a state's witness at the trial. And the defense attorney for the gunman began to ask me some questions. Why did you feel like you had to pray with him? And I got to preach the gospel in court. It's on the transcripts. Come on, somebody. Because Jesus Christ... Amen, is the one who saves us. He's the way, the truth, and the life. If we don't know him, we ain't going to heaven. And if we don't know him, we're going to bust hell wide open. And I wanted that man to make it to heaven and be my friend in glory. I just had a great time on the witness stand. (laughs) They had told me, you can't leave, you're going to have to stay because they might have to call you back. When the, when the defense attorney was done, the judge said, are you going to need this witness anymore? And I remember that defense attorney saying, no, sir, he can go home. <laughs> I can tell you some stories. But you won't believe me. You can believe my wife. Every one of us have stories like this. And I want to say this to us in this room. I to say this to everyone who's listening. I don't care where you've been, what you're going through, or what you're going to face in the, for, in the future. If God has brought you thus far, God intends to take you the rest of the way. As a Christian, we're pilgrims. We're just traveling anyway. We don't belong here. As a Christian, we should never pitch our tent to stay longer than we're supposed to. Old things get further and further behind. They recede in significance, and new things continue to emerge. The Christian and the church learn by going forward. Now, let me get to the main meat of this thing, because I know you want it. What paralyzed them then and now? Well, the, the easy thing is fear. Yeah. That, that's, the, that's the initial grip of it. And, and I don't care how many times we're what we've been through. Or, or The next thing that we're going through, man, fear is what the enemy uses, right? It's the first thing that keeps us from moving forward, no matter how many times we move forward before, right? Yeah, listen, when your circumstance doesn't seem very good and, and your situation isn't even any better, it, matter of fact, it's probably worse. With your eyes on everything around you, we are tempted to become fearful, aren't we? What does fear do to a person? It knocks the wind out of us. Fear fear stops us in our tracks. It paralyzes us. You know, the original language, the word fear means kill. Fear kills us. It, it, It kills us. Let me, let me give you P.D.'s translation, and, and you can just chew on it this weekend. Let me just give you my little thesaurus. I, it's mine. I'm writing it. You write your own. It's got a little southern ease in it, all right? But that's okay. To me, fear is that thing that corrodes my confidence in God's goodness. Fear is that thing that corrodes my confidence in God's goodness. When my eyes see what I never wanted to see, when my heart is disappointed because what I wanted to happen didn't happen fear sets in and the first thing that gets attacked is the goodness of God God you weren't good in this moment God you weren't good in this moment God you weren't good in this moment I don't understand this I don't know what is happening here and 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 a swarm of doubts and it, it gives the perception that we've lost control And it shapes the way we live. Can I say this? Fear shapes the way we live. When fear corrodes your confidence in God's goodness, even as a person who loves Jesus with all your heart, it still shapes the way you live. Your view of the goodness of God shapes the way you live. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially. It shapes the way we live. And when fear shapes our lives, safety becomes our God. And when safety becomes our God, we worship the risk free life. Can the safety lover do anything great? No. The fear field can't love. Why? Because love is risky. The fear field can't give to the poor. Why? Because there's no guarantee of return. The fear field can't dream wildly. Why? What if my dreams sputter and fail? Worship of safety emasculates greatness. I'm helping you. Romans 8.15, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear, just like the Egyptians, wants to put us back in bondage. This is so good. And the temptation will be to go back or desire the past... Hello, somebody. We remember the good old. So fear is what paralyzed them then, and it's what paralyzes us now. You know what else? Holding on to what was behind. See, moving forward is as much about discovering what we must leave behind as it is about what we also cannot embrace. Now. Church. We. Are at a major decision point in our life. And in our history. God has sovereignly been doing some things. That in our wildest dreams. We could not have imagined. God has sovereignly been doing some things. That we've been praying about. God, God has sovereignly. Can I share that, Melinda, that you sent me? But can you give me my phone? I, just now, it's not in my notes, so here's a freebie. It's not on my notes, it's just, it's just on my mind. Let me find out. Roe v. Wade is 49 years old. Federally, it's just been overturned. We know there's a, a lot of fuss about it. And Pastor Don's not getting in the controversy of it. Because, frankly, my mission is not political. Amen. And, frankly, no matter how hard you try to convince me, you can't legislate morality. Just ask God, the Ten Commandments, in Moses. Yeah. Right. And the truth of the matter is, God never intended to legislate morality. God intended for our relationship with Him to dictate our morality. 49 years, watch this, the word jubilee literally translates ram's horn. In the Hebrew, the sabbatical year happens after seven cycles of seven years. Y'all want to do the math? The 15th year was to be a time of celebration and rejoicing for the Israelites. The ram's horn was blown on the 10th day of the 7th month to start the 15th year of the universal redemption. Do y'all know what next Sunday is? July 10. I think we need to break out the shofar. You see, my worship is my battle. And God does some things. And we're in the midst of this. And I want to say to this us as, as a church, individually, corporately, congregationally, ministry-wise... Country-wise, we're at a major decision point in our life, and it doesn't involve a politician. It doesn't involve a president. It doesn't involve the Supreme Court. It involves us moving forward with God. Y'all need to understand... There is no entity that stands between God and his people when God and his people are walking in unity step by step. If Pharaoh couldn't stop them, I tell you, God, the devil can't stop us. If the Red Sea couldn't stop them, then neither can the devil stop us. I need you to understand we haven't been called to retreat. We've been called forward to walk lock and step with our God who's saying, I'm going forward. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I'm walking with God. Y'all better get in. I'm just riding with Jesus. We're at a decision point. And let me tell you what it is. You can't embrace Moses and keep Pharaoh. You, you, you can't embrace the promised land and keep Egypt. You can't embrace freedom and stay living in a slave mentality. Listen, everything about Pharaoh, everything about Egypt, everything about the slave mentality represents Satan, the world, and its ways. When God miraculously delivered and called us out and separated us, he didn't intend for us to keep going back to our old ways. Philippians says, forgetting the past, I press forward into the high calling of God because he's got something better for me than where I am right now. We got to focus on this one thing, leaving behind past relationships, leaving behind past places, leaving behind past mentalities so we can fully embrace what God is doing to move us forward. My rear view can't compare to what God is going to do with my life in the future. What propelled them forward? Come on, let's ask this question. What propelled them forward? We understand that fear paralyzes them. We understand that holding on to the past paralyzes them. It does the same to us. But what propelled them forward? Because I want to know because I'm ready. Sometimes you've got to get to a place where you think your only option is to surrender or fight. Now for a lot of us it's a little bit different how we deal with the fight or flight mechanism in, in, our, in our lives. I was I, We're all a product of our environment. You can forgive me for being a product of mine but We didn't run much. Hello, somebody. (laughs) Fight or flight. Maybe you think something's taking place that isn't right. Maybe you feel like you've been mistreated. Maybe you feel like you've been lied to or led down the wrong direction. Something just doesn't seem right. Right. It looks impossible to keep going the way things are. Maybe your disappointment is so crippling in this moment. But yet there's still something. You're here this morning. There's still something that's pushing you forward. You feel it. You can feel it in your spirit. What are you going to do? Are you going to quit? Are you going to surrender? You gonna lay down and die? Or maybe you're gonna snap and blow up. Fight back. Stand up for yourself. I do that sometimes. Kind of snap. <laughs> Sorry, softball guys. But I don't get so violated about it. I don't know why anybody does, but. Have you ever thought that there could be another option other than the two? Like the two that are most frequently taken, it's either quit or fight, or the two that normally cause the most chaos, the, the two that hurt people, the two that more often than not do more harm than good. Can, can we back up for a minute? Uh, Verse 13, Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today shall never, never see again. The Lord will fight for you. Wait, there's a third option? There's a, how come nobody told me about the third option? Trust God. Trust God. In other words, God says, quit acting fearful. Quit acting like things are out of control. When the enemy comes against you, stand. Resist the temptation to deal with things your way. Watch God take care of the problem. How many of you are perfect in that? Negative. Most of the time I open my mouth. When God says, stand still and shut up. Moses said, or uh, watch this. And the Lord said to Moses, verse 15, what? Why do you cry out to me? Tell the children of Israel, move forward. Moving forward God says quit crying quit complaining quit focusing on what's behind you now quit fretting over the issue it's time to move forward verse 16 but lift up your rod stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it can I remind you of my opening statement no matter how hard you try you cannot control what happened in the past All my complaining is about the past is why I can't do what I'm supposed to do now. Move forward in faith. Move forward in faith. Move forward in faith. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He will make an impossible way possible. God says he will make paths. God says with the temptation he'll make a way of escape over and over and over and over again. God said I'll make a way because I'm the way maker. With all things, God, are possible. Check out verse 17. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots, his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. What's your circumstance that's always out of control? We said health. We said relationship issues. We said Money issues. We could spend from here till Jesus gets back. Naming them one by one. But why don't we just narrow it down to disappointment. I'm disappointed Lord. What do you mean when you say. This is not what I signed up for. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. We said last week. God is moving our test to be. His testimony. And if our journey may be our testimony, I want the worship team to come on up. God may use your journey. God may use your test. God may use your faith. God may use your ability to move forward, to make himself known to the same people who were trying to hold you back. I am the Lord your God. Remember when Moses and Aaron approached Pharaoh and said, let us go so we can go worship our God. And Pharaoh said, "Who, who is God? I'm God. Pharaoh believed himself to be a god, and the Egyptians believed him to be a god. They, that's the way they viewed the Pharaohs. That's all of it. It's part in there. That's the way they saw it, right? Are you with me, church? And so now God has to say to Moses, I need you to relax because I'm going to demonstrate that there ain't but one God. And the one that's been holding you back, that situation that's been holding you back, that thing that seems like a, a God that is so insurmountable and so over the, your ability to become overcome it, those things, it's like a God to you. Ultimately, it's disappointment that sets you up to believe that God is not good. And so disappointment becomes our God. And we don't, we don't, listen, even though we don't want to worship it, we do by the way we live bitterness and come on church when god is saying move forward move forward move forward god is saying i want to use the thing that paralyzed you to crush the enemy who is my enemy first the egyptians that you see today you will see them no longer i don't know a person in here standing on the shore of their red sea Pressed by an enemy that doesn't want to see that enemy once and for all defeated. Addictions and anxieties and depressions and all the things that paralyze us. We want to see those things and we stay in front of God and we cry out to God and we cry out to God. I'm saying to us, church, let's not let our prayers become farce. Let's let our prayers motivate our feet to obedience. Do you understand how the scenario changed? In a moment. It's not in my notes either, so here's free. You, you getting this? On one side of the Red Sea, they are in despair and disappointment and begging to die. On the other side of the Red Sea, they throw in a party. Did you read it? There's dancing and singing and music and cymbals and and celebrating and flag waving. Are you with me, church? And they're celebrating. On one side of the sea, they're begging for death. But when they move forward, when they trust God, God turns their despair. Come on, church, into joy, right? God turns their doubt, amen, into belief. And God does what only God can do. I need you to understand we all have to face the Red
1: Sea.
0: And we all feel the paralysis in that moment. I don't care who we are, how long we have been walking with God. And when God finally does a miracle, we just we step back and go, God, I want to say thank you for the miracle. But at the same time, I want to say, Lord, forgive me for my heart was postured. Can I end with this quote? Everything you know is based on what has already happened in your life. And yet, our only influence right now is over the things that have not yet happened. Things that have already happened have gotten us to where we are right now, whether it's good or bad. What we need to be concerned with is where we go from here. And no matter how hard you try, you cannot control what happened in the past. And I believe that God wants us to move forward. Are you with me? Let me give you a prophetic promise right now. If you have been disappointed in the past, or if you are disappointed right now, there will be something in the future that will cause you to be disappointed again. Whatever it may be. It could be any of those things that we could name from here till Jesus comes back. But I'm finding in my own life, and I can only preach to you what God is speaking to me. I promised years ago that that was all I would ever do. And I feel the push forward. Hello, somebody. In the face of an impossible obstacle if that's you this morning, we're gonna give you some time just to do some business with God. Maybe you want to come forward and do that. Maybe you want to do it right where you're at. But stand in this place with me. I know you hear me with your good ears when I talk about Tuesday morning prayer. Send me a prayer requests. I'm gonna pray. Hello, somebody. But don't be afraid to join us. The doors unlocked. Amen. And I, I, you can ask the people who've been doing it. Sometimes I sit here for an hour. I don't say a word. I'm just in the presence of God, joining others in their prayers. Sometimes I pray longer than anybody who is here. Amen. See, I feel the push for God to come, to move us forward so much that. I believe that includes all of us. Amen. It takes a little effort. There's a lot of controversy about how the sea began to part. I see Moses and Aaron leading the way in everything. It doesn't matter that... What matters is that the obstacle that they thought was impossible God made a way and wherever you're at this morning I believe there's a call for us all to move forward and again what that looks like for each and every one of us is a little different and so we're going to give each other grace and yet encouragement if God has said move forward whatever's in front of you has to move amen so if you want to do some business with God right now I've been paralyzed. Fear has done this. I've been holding on to the past. I want to be propelled forward. We're going we're gonna to give you some space in a moment, right? So let's just pray. Come on. Father, thank you for this word. We put our hearts towards you and our postures in a great place this morning, Lord. On our knees or on our feet. And God... Wherever we're at in this moment, our heart is to be obedient to what you speak. So I pray for us as a church. I pray for us as a ministry. I pray for us as individuals. I pray for us as a country. On this weekend, when we celebrate freedom, let us understand what freedom is. It calls us forward, it calls us forward. Father, our desire is that those who come behind us would never experience the slavery that we walked out of because we refused to move forward. Give us the strength and the courage as you push us into what you're doing. God, we wait on you. We wait on you.
1: I won't forget the wonder of how you brought Come do some
0: business with God. Business with the God. You
1: worship for You found me. You freed me. night is the guiding light to my feet on, you found me you freed me held back the waters for my release oh yeah Your goodness, I thank
0: you, Lord, that you don't leave us on the side of the Red Sea that you led us to, instead, Lord, you lead us through it. You cause us to celebrate for your glory and for your honor, Lord. You destroy your enemy for your glory. Let the testimony of your people be God has led me through, God has moved the impossible, God has split the waters and over and over again. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your glory, Lord. We celebrate in our freedom. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Turn around and tell someone, move forward. God bless you. Enjoy your 4th of July. Hey, listen, everybody. The thing is to let go of that firecracker before it pops. Don't hold on to it. Really?